about Albert Einstein that when I guess when he was in the second or third grade, his teacher gave him a note to take home to his mother. And he asked his mom what it said. The letter said that he was too smart to be in the classroom. And so years later, after his mother had passed away, he found that letter. And really what the letter said was that he was mentally retarded and not to come back. But, you know, the power, you know, of his mom, you're too good and you're too smart to go back. Are you looking for true personal freedom? The freedom to design a life you truly desire? Then you're absolutely in the right place. True personal freedom comes from when you take 100% responsibility and control of your money and your mind. Here, you're going to learn ideas, tips, and wisdom that's going to help you bridge the gap from where you are now to your dream life in the future. My name is Randy Wilson, and welcome to the Rich Mind Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Rich Mind Podcast. And today, I have a wonderful guest that's going to be a lot of fun, this conversation. We were just chatting before we hit record here, and I'm super excited to where this conversation is going to go. When I start the podcast with the guests, even though I might know them, I don't necessarily have it too scripted. I've got the questions that I like to ask, which helps me kind of navigate the conversation. But at the same time, I don't I don't script after that. And so it's always interesting for me even, right? So I get excited about what I'm going to learn. So I, I'm super Super excited about this conversation we're going to have today with Ron Jones. Ron Jones is the CEO of RL Virtual Marketing. He actually helps insurance agencies source, interview, train, and retain quality agents, which is super exciting. He's down in the DFW marketplace there area down in Granbury. I actually had that down wrong. So I had, did I pronounce that right, Ron? Granbury? Yeah, it is Granbury. Yeah. Granbury. Yeah. Down a little suburb of the DFW market. I'm a little bit familiar with DFW, been there several times, but I'm learning about little towns more and more all the time as I go. He has a new business venture that he's actually just getting ready to launch. He was telling me about that when right before we hit record as well. And I won't talk a little bit about that yet because I'm just learning about it too. So I'm excited to hear more about that as well. But before we go any further, Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, Randy, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. So take a few minutes here and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I kind of hit a few bullet points there, but I know there's a lot more there when it comes to Ron Jones and all the success you've had in your life. So take a few minutes and just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, from from an insurance perspective, and I've been in the insurance industry off and on since the 1980s. Uh, I did other things along the way, uh, but, uh, you know, I ultimately ended up where where the money is, in my opinion. So I ended up going into insurance uh, and I really made it full time and went all in around 2005. And uh, then in 2016, uh, I decided that it was time for me to semi-retire. Uh, I had enough renewals built up uh, that I was able to do that. The, the biggest problem with that was, and the reason why I say semi-retire, the idea was to retire. And I realized that retirement just doesn't seem to be 
a very good word in my vocabulary, you know, because I just, yeah. you know, it, it just doesn't work for me. And I find, found myself just kind of gravitating back into, and that's when we started. It didn't start out as RO virtual marketing. Uh, we actually started out as RO virtual recruiting. Then it became RO virtual recruiting and leads. And then ultimately it ended up becoming RO virtual marketing because, you know, the, what I learned was, um, in when, when I was on the other side, because I had been a recruiter for a number of years with Aflac and was one of their top recruiters, you know, 11 years. And what made me decide to retire was not necessarily because I I didn't like what I was doing because I loved what I was doing. I just didn't love the results that not only I was not getting, but the results that the majority of the people that recruit in the insurance industry get because you know when 92 percent of uh the people that go to all the effort the hard work the the dedication that it takes not only to get their license but then to learn products and start selling you know it's very disheartening that 92% of them never renew their license. And so what I wanted to do was to change that. I wanted to be a part of kind of reversing those numbers and, you know, which was a big task. So we started out as doing recruiting, uh, working with agencies. And then as we started doing that, one of the things that happened was is I, I soon realized that there was more to it in terms of, and one of the reasons why there was so much failure, there, there's multiple reasons and we can talk about those, but one of the one of the reasons was was because once they ran out of their warm market, they didn't have a market to go to. And that hence where it became RO virtual recruiting and leads because we became a lead generation company as well as helping agencies to recruit people. And so so then as we progressed and and we started growing and getting clients and and really starting to to perfect the art of recruiting uh, because now I'm, now I'm on the other side and I can see things that, you know, sometimes when you're in the forest, it's too hard to see the trees, right? You know, and right. so, so once, once I was able to, to step back, I started being able to see some of the things that, that, that could be helpful in the industry. So we started helping agencies and, and putting good quality candidates on their calendar for them to interview and then to be able to provide leads for them. But there was still something missing. And the part that we found that was missing was the development portion to it. You know, we talk about in not only in 
in insurance, but in real estate, anything you can vacuum cleaner cells, uh, roofing, um, you know, any, any of the commission sales type positions, you know, we, we talk a lot about training and we talk about a lot about how we train them and the things that we, you know, we, we teach them scripts and we teach them uh, some sales techniques uh, and, and that. But, you know, it's it's almost like uh, when somebody first comes in as an insurance agent, you know, it's, it's put them through a couple of weeks of training, maybe send them out with somebody or now, you know, with with. Of the virtual world that we're in now, uh, you know, somebody sitting in on a Zoom call with while they're doing a presentation or listening in on a phone call. Uh, but that's still training. And so where we found what we found was is that the biggest reason why that the the uh, retention rate of an agent is very low in the industry in, in commission sales period is because they're not getting the development because there's a difference between training and development. Training is when you, uh, like what I just said, development is when you're doing daily practice, drill, rehearse, you're you're meeting with your team on a daily basis, even if it's only for 15 minutes, um, you know, it, it, with our program. And we have a program uh, for agents, for agencies and for agents. But uh, we have a daily program where that they we, we meet with them and it's more centered towards the development side and the way we're able to do that is because we can specifically talk about the the sales cycle you know what it takes so once they receive a lead what do they do with that lead uh how many times do they call them do they have a crm that's doing follow-up do we have does that crm do emails does it do texting does it do ringless voice messaging does it send reminders as to when that appointment is and stuff like that but once they get that person on the phone then it's a matter of it's game on right because and you, they have to be prepared for for the objections and you know so we we, we it's actually not training at that point it's about development which is really more about a discipline and getting them into a routine of doing the same thing and we'll get on 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 a call with them we'll have them we'll get on a zoom call we'll have people that have questions they can go ahead and raise their virtual hand on zoom uh and you know sometimes people have questions sometimes people want to role play and you know we just ask them so what what product is it that you're selling are you selling iuls are you selling final expense are you doing financial planning you know so we'll ask them okay what is it and then we'll say okay go you know sell me and we'll give them the objections and then 
And we do that on a daily basis, you know, and and we, uh, you know, we are, um, as you can see here from right here, you know, we are 10x business coach certified. And so we the, the objective is is to get an agent to the place where they're able to offer their services and 10 exit. I mean, so, and, and that is because the, the biggest reason why that people don't stay in the business, again, it's for multiple reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is, is they're not making enough money quick enough. And so that's the idea of the people that are really serious. We just get with them on a morning, every morning, go through that practice drill, rehearse, and they start getting better and better and better at it. Just so, practice over just time, right? The development piece. I like, yeah. yeah. So the idea of, you know, you can only get better at what you practice at. And having that experience, I mean, from your years of experience, right? And to be able to bring that to folks that are relatively new, if not brand new into the industry, right? I, is, I, I would guarantee it's super, super valuable. I can't wait to dig in deeper as far as I know. I mean, I've, I've been sold insurance before, right? But I've not, I don't know much about the insurance industry. Uh -huh. So yeah, I'd be really curious. So we'll dig a little bit deeper into that as far as, because I assume that these agents are in business for themselves, right? They might be affiliated with a, with a, um, you know, you mentioned AFLAC. I mean, I'm thinking like State Farm or, uh -huh. or Prudential or something like that, right? So they might be affiliated with them, but I assume they're in business for themselves. Is that correct? Yeah. Different agencies have different models. You you have the uh, independent agent, you have the captive agent, uh, and, and a lot of those really do. Uh, they are different as far as pay structure is concerned. Uh, but, but when it boils down to what it is that we do, the, the thing that we bring to the table, it doesn't matter if they're captive or if they're not captive because it boils down to sales. Right. Right. So when, when we stick with the principles of sales and, and not worry so much about the tactics of sales, but really the principles, uh, it doesn't matter. And, and, and we, we have clients that participate that aren't in the insurance industry. Some of them are real estate agents. And okay. you say, I've mentioned, you know, some of the others, you know. Um, yeah. So as long as they're dealing with in sales, like you said, you can bring them the skill set because it's really a skill set, right? And then rinse and repeat. Once you learn the objections, once you learn some of the tactics, and then it's just a matter of getting through the comfort zone. So the development within yourself to, recognize patterns right with people different different things with what you're trying to sell and then obviously try to provide that value in the marketplace which is what sales actually is right doing something for somebody not to them that was a big epiphany for myself as i've started to, to keep venturing into the, the world of sales is realizing that you're actually doing these people a favor and when you can step into that and just own it and love it and realize that you're doing people you're, you're serving them right with the product and service that you that you have to provide it might not be exactly what they need at that moment, which is fine, but you can't take that personal, right? Right. And, and the thing about it is, especially in the world of when you're talking about from a social media lead generation, 
you know, they they've gone through at least when they go through our our lead program. Uh, by the time that candidate or client, potential client, gets to that agent, they've already been vetted. I mean, because we ask them questions and we have knockout questions so so that our clients, our clients aren't having to um, uh, weed through people that really aren't good candidates or a good fit. So by the time they get to them, they really are a good candidate. Then it becomes a matter of just making sure that it's the right product for the right person. Yeah, that'd be super valuable for the agent, right? Just having that that process of having them at least vetted a little bit, right? So that way it's not a complete cold call if they haven't met that person yet, right? It's at least they're a little bit familiar. The conversation I'm sure begins off a little bit less stressful, I mean, or less uncertain, right? At least you're getting started in the right in the right direction, which I, I guarantee you, that would be super helpful. That's super cool. Yeah, from from a lead standpoint. One of the things that, you know, and it's evolved, I mean, since 2016, I mean, the way that we generate leads today is completely different, even on social media, is completely different than the way that we did it, you know, uh, six or seven years ago. And one of the things now that's really popular uh, is and and so what we do is we give our clients a script and we have them get on their cell phone. We don't want them to go to a studio and be real professional about it because you know in in our world today that's almost fake, right? And so you know people like that they, they like the authenticity of of. You know, and it might be that they are, you know, they have things in the background, you know, like you have things in your background, I have things in my background and, you know, to make it more personal. And uh, from from an ad standpoint, if we can coach uh, an agent and give them a basic script because we wanted to to be them and they wanted, I wanted to be in their words. So I don't want them to memorize the script. I just give them some bullet points of things that they need to mention, you know, but to, to just get on their, on their cell phone yeah. and, and get and, and take, do, uh, do a recording and then we edit it for them. But we we send that and because there's a psychology behind it and what we're wanting to do is when that ends up on and we target our audience so like if it's final expense for example we're targeting a specific market that has a need for for having final expense and so what we're wanting to then do is in that ad, it's in a video that looks like it's naturally going to be in a person's feed to begin with. So it's so um, it's not a um, uh, it, it doesn't even look like an ad. So it's more likely 
I mean, because people like to see videos of their friends, of their family, and all that kind of stuff. So they see something, and they see that it's a video, they'll click on it. And if they can capture their attention quickly, now all they have to do is click the button uh, for more information. Then we send them through a group of questions and like I say, which have knockout questions, but the idea is to get them on that agent's calendar. So a lot of our leads are actually appointments that are naturally set. They're not, it's not where the agent's having to chase them. But so that does a couple things. One is you're appealing to what it is that their clients are looking for, like, the authenticity of a video. Uh, but the other thing is, is what's naturally happening is, is now when there's a connection that's made with that potential client, they already can visualize what that person looks like because they've seen their video. That also gives them the authority. And there's a just a especially in the United States, there's a natural trust that's being built. So that's that's uh, right. And, and, and that'll change. I mean, because, I mean, we think that what it is that we're doing today is going to be good tomorrow, uh, but that's not necessarily so in, in, in social media. But, but so for the lead standpoint, that's that's one of the things that we do. We do the same thing for recruiting, uh, but and we definitely target a specific audience and a lookalike audience. We've been doing uh, recruiting since 2016 with our virtual. So, and we have a database of about 2.7 million agents across the United States. So, we target agents specifically that are having problems with the agency that they're with or the IMO that they're with or the company that they're with. Uh, and then, again, we have knockout questions because one of the things that you're wanting to determine, and that's the first thing that our recruiters, we when we're coaching our recruiters, is for them to figure out is is their reason for leaving the company where they are, is it because they were over-promised and under-delivered? Did they tell them that they were going to get all this great training and all this great development and all this attention and all these leads for them to take all the time and the effort to become an agent to find out that, they're, that none of the things that they were promised that they're going to get which happens a lot. And so, uh, but it happened, but that recruiter has to determine, is that the reason or is the person that they're talking to on Zoom or in person, whatever the case may be, are they the problem? Because there is a number of, and, and you don't want problems on your team because it can really mess up your whole organization. Absolutely. So, so yeah. we coach our, our recruiters to do that. I bet. That's super cool. So that's, uh, so once again, folks, if you're listening and, and you're in any type of sales, 
position. Doesn't necessarily have to be in insurance, right? You can be any type of sales. I mean, this is uh, super valuable as far as learning what we've learned so far. So that a big takeaway that I've learned, and I would assume you would agree, Ron, is that, I mean, and you kind of mentioned that you touched on that people like to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. Right. So let's take a couple minutes here and let's dive in and let's let people get to know you a little bit better with the with the questions that I like to ask as yeah. far as. Yeah, let's have some fun and, and try to get to know Ron a little bit better. So that way the folks out there can say, yeah, he obviously knows his, what he's talking about when it comes to sales. But, yeah, I like him, too, as as a human as well. So take a second and let everybody know. Tell everybody what the biggest or who has been the biggest influence in your life. Yeah, so there's been a couple people uh, that's been a big influence. One of them is, is a common, uh, something that you and I both have in common, which is, uh, you know, I never had the opportunity to meet Jim Rung when he was still alive, but uh, he has been a huge influence on my huge. life. <laughs> Mine too, huge. That's yeah. a good word, huge. <laughs> yeah. I would be where I am today had it not been for his philosophies and his beliefs that he, you know, that, that he gave to us. Um, and, and then of course the man behind the scene, uh, that, that helped Jim Rome be the person, uh, that we all know Jim to be, which is Kyle Wilson. Yeah. Uh, he's been a, big influence on my life you know i met him in 2014 mm. uh, and uh he became my business coach um in 2014 when he came out of his non-compete okay um, yeah yeah so uh his step my, my stepdad uh which i consider to be my dad uh he became my dad when i was nine um he's another person uh that uh i have a great deal of respect for uh he he helped me to be the person truly that I am today and uh he taught me great values and uh the, the value of hard work you know I watched him you know he was an aircraft mechanic and I watched him you know throughout the years um you know he, he uh, now he has dementia, uh, and we still have our moments together. You know, like a lot of people that have dementia, uh, he he can remember things from the past. But you know, if you ask him something that happened yesterday, he will give you a blank stare. But but I love going and spending time with him and knowing. I mean, that we can talk about things that happened a long time ago uh and he but he is a brilliant man uh he was one of the leads on the air force one through a contract and of course there are multiple air force ones i didn't know that until he he told me (laughs) but but uh yeah so those are have been some people that have been a big influence on my life um you know my mother you know, my mother was only 17 years old uh, when she had me. Uh, you know, she had to quit school in the ninth grade uh, because back then, you know, that was a taboo, you know, to to be in school and be pregnant. And so uh, she uh, went through up to the ninth grade and she gave up 
you know, she gave up her education. She gave up her her dreams, her aspirations to have me. And so my mother, you know, was obviously a big influence on my life. And I bet so. And of course, today it's it's really my my children and my grandchildren. And it never ceases to amaze me the things. I, I don't know if you know this, Randy, but you know, I, I in one of the books that I was in with Kyle, you know, I I talked about having dyslexia. And so the other night we had a couple of our grandkids here and my six-year-old grandson uh, was reading to me, you know, from a book and I was amazed. I mean, it doesn't hurt that my wife is, is a retired English teacher. His mother is an English teacher. But I, it amazed me when he was reading because he was reading even with the punctuations, you know, like if it was an exclamation point, you know, he was he was ending it, you know, with excitement, you know, because he knew, you know, that that was to, to end that way. And my wife said to me, she said, not not thinking, actually, she goes, could you read that well when you were six? And I looked at her and said, I couldn't read. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, uh, so, so, but it, but it, it's very inspiring for me. And, you know, I, 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 I don't see it as a bad thing at all. I mean, I'm joyous and and happy that that my grandchildren and all of my grandchildren know that I have dyslexia and and uh, you know and and you know they think it's kind of funny sometimes. You know that they'll even you know if we're at church or something, somebody asks me to read you know, one of my grandchildren to say, oh, no, I got this, you know, so, <laughs> That's funny. you know, so, yeah, I actually have that same, I, I can't say I've ever been, you know, I don't know if diagnosis is the right word, or at least, you know, I, I don't read well either, right, so, in, and if I'm trying to read to myself, I'm okay, like, in my own head, like, but I struggle, so it's like even doing the intros to the show sometimes. I'll have to, I'll try to read some things, and I just struggle with that, and I always have. It's not something that's new. Yeah. So I completely, hundred percent, I I get it. I, I I totally get it. So then I've got kids. I don't have grandkids yet, but I've got kids that are like they're off the charts as far as their ability to read. And just so you're right. It's just fascinating to see that that you know you just you're it's an amazement, right? Because you can't do it. You wish you could, or at least I wish I could, right? But I I totally get that. That's but to see that in a six year old grandchild, that that's got to be super cool. That's oh, super yeah. neat. I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Yeah. So we you might have even just that might even be part of of the second question, but as far as and how that goes is what's been the biz, biggest or greatest challenge in your life? And what have you learned from it? I'm curious to hear what that is for you, Ron. Yeah. So, yeah, one of them has been uh, having dyslexia. That has actually become one of my biggest strengths uh, because I, I, I know that I wouldn't be here today had uh, there, there's no telling where I would be. I used to say, you know, I didn't, I never saw myself as being a doctor or a rocket scientist or anything like that. But I have a really good friend that 
she works with children with dyslexia. And so she understands dyslexia inside and out. She's gone to all the all the seminars and she has the degree. And uh, she was telling me you know, that there's actually a part of NASA that you have to be dyslexic to be a part of that team. They will they will only hire people with dyslexia. Interesting. Yeah. You know, and, and we're among really, you know, at being dyslexic is among a pretty good group of people. I mean, uh, Richard Branson, Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, you know, the, people that you would never dream that had dyslexia, Albert Einstein. You know, really? I don't think I knew that. I, I think I might have um, even heard a couple of the other ones you've mentioned, but I don't I didn't yeah, realize that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know, and and I listened to a thing the other day and my wife my wife gets on to me because when I say I read something, uh and it's usually because I did listen to it on Audible. Right. And, and you know, she'd say, You didn't read that and I would say, Well, yes I did. <laughs> on Audible, she'd say, But you didn't read it. And I would say, did I get the point? Did right. I get information? So what does it matter? You know, semantics. Uh, but anyway, so I, I did listen to it. But I was, uh, and, and it was in regard to dyslexia. But um, and actually, it was, I think it was, uh, I was listening to Darren Hardy. And and he, he mentioned about Albert Einstein that when, I guess, when he was in the second or third grade, can't remember, but his 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 teacher gave him a note to take home to his mother. And so his mother read the letter and he asked his mom what it said. And he said that the letter said that he was too smart to be in in the classroom. And, um, you know, so that he was really told not to come back. And so years later, uh, after his mother had passed away, he found that letter. And really what the letter said was, in, instead of saying that he was too brilliant to be in that classroom, he said that he was mentally retarded and not to come back. Wow. And, and but, you know, the power, you know, of his mom you know, and, and saying, hey, you're too good and you're too smart to go back. And that's really what it said. You know, she. Yeah, that's super cool. You know, and it changed, it's changed all of our lives, right? Yeah, exactly. It's that, that just didn't impact him. That impacted everybody, right? That's awesome. So I, I would say that that's been a major factor in my life. Um, you know, of course, my, uh, my spiritual life, um, you know, um, my my belief system and, you know, being a Christian, uh, you know, I haven't always lived my life uh, in the most wholesome way. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I have a, a God that's greater than me that, you know, was able to take away all those things that I might have done to other people 
you know, I'm grateful for that. I, I was talking to my pastor yesterday. We had a meeting and uh, I was telling him about a, a TikTok that I saw. I don't know if you saw it, Randy, or not, but it really was. I, I had to share it with my wife and we both just cracked up because. And is it OK to, to cuss a little bit on this? I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. OK. Yeah, it's not that it's not that bad. Yeah. But anyway, so it was a guy being baptized and, and it really was. And it was on TikTok and it really was real. And so the guy standing there and the pastor says, so and he says his name, he says, so why are why are you being baptized today? And he said, because I used to be a piece of shit. <laughs> so and I told my pastor that yesterday. He said, you know. He said, the guy's right. He said, that's biblical. He said, that is the reason why. <laughs> so I would, you know, that that's definitely important to me as well. Cool. I know another piece of being important is, is giving back, right? We were talking before we hit record again, too, that yeah. you're, you're in the process now at this stage of your life where you're trying to give back to uh, a younger generation that uh, yeah. all the wisdom and, and knowledge that you've gained, which leads us into that third question, as far as if you could go back to that 20 year old self well, with all the wisdom that you gained to this point. So it's like the, the people that you're trying to give back to. Is there anything that uh, kind of sticks out as a nugget of wisdom that you could wish you would have known back then at your 20 year old self that, that you know now? Well, yeah. So, so the first one is, is a little bit superficial, but um yeah, I would I would have told that twenty year old guy uh, to hold on to the real estate that he had accumulated uh, when he filed bankruptcy uh, at the age of thirty, um, because you know I I was a millionaire by the age of twenty seven, but I I lost it all by the age of thirty. So I would tell that 20-year-old guy to figure out whatever way possible that he could hold on to that land because uh, that property, because now every time I drive by, uh, when, when uh, in fact, when I went with my wife to, when she went to go get her allergy shots, um, and I pulled into the parking lot and I told her, I said, you do know that I used to own this property, right? Wow. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that property's worth millions of dollars now, but yeah, so I lost it. But but on on, you know, and I know that's a little bit superficial. But so I would say to that 20-year-old is to find at least one mentor. Find somebody that you you want to emulate, somebody that you want to be like, and accomplish what they've accomplished. Um, because I, I know that had I done that at twenty, I would not have lost the properties that I lost. I would not have had to go through a divorce. I would not have had to have the the hardships of relationships with friends and family and my, my own daughters, um, you know, so had, had I just had somebody to guide me, you know, to have, um, and, you know, I just, Randy, I just finished a book and, uh, in fact, um, 
I'm sending it. I'm I'm waiting on uh, one person that I've asked, and I'm I'm gonna have, probably have to reach out to a couple more people. But I want a specific person to write the forward for the book. But it's the book you've written. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Cool. It's, it's completed. It, it is about it's about recruiting, but what? But more specifically than just being about recruiting, it's about generational recruiting. Mm. So uh, me being a baby boomer, uh, and so I, I have written this book about how how do you recruit. Baby boomers, how do you recruit Gen Xers, uh, millennials, and now Gen Z? And how not not just recruiting them, you know, how do you attract them, but more of how do you keep them? You know, how do you how do you mentor them as a recruiter? How do you be a leader to them? Uh, how do you talk to them? How do you communicate with them? And how do you talk to and with a millennial versus a baby boomer? And because they have different values and they have different belief systems and, you know, the, they have different reasons for wanting to be there. And so uh, that book will be coming out um, as soon as we can, you know, get get the uh, formatting done and so you have a title for it at this point yeah so and i'm still still kind of working on it um yeah and don't yeah don't feel obligated to share i was just curious no i don't mind uh well maybe let's see here see if i can pull it up um let's see yeah so uh right now it's breaking boundaries the cross-generational guide to recruiting insurance agents. Okay, cool. So uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not 100 sold on that one yet, but uh, but for right now, that's that's what we're calling it. Yeah, we that's how it works, on. right? You kind of start yeah. with an idea and see how it evolves. Yeah, that's yeah. super cool. Well, congratulations on getting that produced. Yeah, and and so yeah, it's about. Um, uh, and one of the reasons why I even bring it up, uh, yeah, of course, I would love for people when when uh, I'd like to make it a best-selling book. Um, I mean, the the uh, proceeds for when we when we launch the book, uh, all the proceeds uh, will be going to Made by Dyslexia. So it's it's, it's uh, a foundation that uh, Richard Branson has even gotten behind, and it's really to help with the development of people that do have dyslexia to understand, you know, and help them, you know, to find their place in in the world and, and to know that they're not by themselves. Uh, That's awesome. So, but but one of the one of the biggest reasons why I, what got me on the topic to begin with and and started making me think about it was in the beginning in my research what I found was that for the, the, the there's a natural phenomenon right now that and this is on mentorship but it's for the first time in 
history, the stars have kind of aligned where the Gen Z group of people and the, the younger millennials are actually craving mentorship from the baby boomers. And, and, and they, they are seeking baby boomers out, which is very wise on their part. Sure. The, the successful Gen Zs that are out there of the ones that are that are truly just being successful and not trying to 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 get a million followers on Instagram, but the ones that are truly trying to make a mark that are doing big things are getting mentorship from baby boomers. And it, it, which makes total sense, right? Because we've been through, I'm 65 years old and at 65, I've been through a few things. You know, I, I have been a millionaire. I have lost everything. I've made millions again. And this time I've been able to keep it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't have been able to keep it had I not lost it the first time. Sure. But, you know, so... And, and and millennial younger millennials and Gen Z, that those generations, they understand that, and they're willing to listen and they're willing to learn. And the other part too that is, uh, which which I find very interesting, and I understand, I think is the reason why this is, but they typically don't have a concept of the value of money. And I'm not saying that in a negative way, but they don't seem to have that understanding. And the reason why they don't have that understanding is because if you think about it, how many millennials and Gen Z people have money in their pocket? Most of them don't, right? They do everything by Venmo or, you know, or they, they, everything is electronically transferred with them. And so when, when you're not seeing it, you're not feeling it, you're, you don't have it in your hand, it's hard to comprehend. So, and, and of course, somebody like me, being a millennial, being a baby boomer, I mean, I can I can tell you. So I'm a real thing, huh? I'm a millennial. I I'm gonna have have cat. Yeah. Now I don't use it very often. I I find myself, you know, I'll I'll go through Starbucks and hand them my credit card. Or now you don't have to hand it to him. You just kind of stick it up there. But, <laughs> but I I show them my credit card. And they do their little scan thing. And then I think, well, why didn't I use cash? <laughs> but and, hey, at least I got miles. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, Ron. Well, I know this uh, conversation has been super valuable from the very beginning, right? Talking about the recruiting process and how you help folks that are just getting started in business, right? And then all the way to helping millennials and Gen Zs understanding money and all that good stuff, which is, so that's what's needed in today's world. And that's, that's super exciting. So folks are out there like, okay, yeah, Ron knows exactly what he's talking about. And I need to get a little bit closer to Ron, find out more about his book, find out more about the things that he has to offer. 
what are the best places for for people to get a hold of you, Ron, as far as the things you have going on? We we talked about a business that you were actually just getting ready to launch too, and you can feel free yeah. to to talk about that too. But what are the best places for people to contact you? Okay, yeah. So um, you can go to ourvirtualmarketing.com is is one way. Uh, and there, there's a place for you to uh, uh, get in contact with me. It'll actually pull up my calendar. Uh, make sure you, you know, you ask for me because I do have to have a team. So uh, if you want to talk to me or if you just want to talk to one of my team members, either way. Uh, or you can go to Ron at rovirtual.com. Or you can go to rjones08 at att.net. That's my personal uh, email address. I know I get every single one of those. But uh, uh, yeah, so, and then the the new venture that we have going is um, we are starting, I for the last couple of years, I got COVID a couple of years ago, uh, almost, well, about a year and a half ago. A little more, doesn't matter. But anyway, I got COVID, and um, so my wife and I, because I don't, I don't believe in the vaccine. I'm not going to take it, you know. And if you don't like what I have to say, that's okay too. We don't have to agree on everything, but I, I'm just not going to take it. And uh, so anyway, uh, I, but I started looking for other alternatives. And, you know, in the state of Texas, there was in the state of Texas and in Florida, you could actually get the the antibody infusion. And so my wife and I did the antibody infusion. Two days later, I was, I would say I wouldn't, I wasn't a hundred percent, but I was about 80% two days later. Within a week, I was, it was like it had never happened. And so I went online, I started looking for other alternatives uh, to taking a vaccine, and I ran into the doing uh, vitamin IVs, and uh, then I figured out uh, about NAD and uh, NAD. And if you want to hear more, Joe Rogan, uh, he has uh, some podcasts, and I, so I started watching some of those podcasts uh, on uh, NAD and the effects of it. And even the American Medical Association has had to give in and finally say, okay, we give up, we agree. Uh, There's no denying that it does have major positive effects on the right people. There there are some people, uh, so you've got to be real careful who it is that you go to uh, to get that done because there's questions that they need to ask because, like, for example, somebody uh, that is susceptible to cancer um, or has had cancer is probably not a very good candidate for NAD. But if you if you have heart issues or if you have respiratory issues or if you uh, work out uh, NAD, uh, and uh, I'm not going to bore people with the details of that, but I can tell you that it really has been proven that it's anti-aging. They're actually using it with people with dementia and with Alzheimer's, and it's actually reversing some of the uh, effects of on their memory. 
And if you already have, if you're, if you, if you're already healthy, if you already have a healthy mind, uh, and you add NAD, which is naturally in your body to begin with, it's, it's actually NADH. I, I just know the acronym. I don't know what the actual words are for it, but, um, we actually have NADH in our body. And so by putting the NAD, it actually formulates into the H part, which does, it's it's anti-aging. And so uh, started doing that uh, along with a vitamin regimen. And so um, I'm kind of like that, that guy that had the hair club for men. You know, so obviously I didn't go. I don't do that. But, but, you know, I liked the NAD and the vitamin regimen so much that I decided that I wanted to actually own a company that did that and that would do it in a very responsible way. Cool. So uh, we, we're launching that. That's going to actually launch at the uh, uh, Cody Askins 8% Nation. Uh, so if you are in the insurance industry, you could get in contact with me and I can help you to get tickets for that because actually it's already sold out. The only way to get tickets at this point are if truly uh, would be for me to... Uh, call in some favors so if that's something that you want to go to let me know and i can help you out there but yeah so we're going to be launching it there and so we're really excited about that um is there a place for people to go to learn more about that as well is that more just still the websites and emails that you shared a few minutes ago or is there a specific yeah 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 they can they can go there for right now uh, because we are still in the works with the attorneys as far as setting the corporations up properly. And, and um, so, yeah. so we have business process, right? Yeah. yeah. So just, you just got to do yeah. it correctly. Yeah, you do. That's yeah. super cool. Well, Ron, this has been a super valuable conversation. I, I knew that it would be right when we jumped on and, and jumping in with some sales training there at the very beginning, and then learning more about yourself and how you're trying to mentor others to this. Now this new IV uh, business that you're this venture that you're starting up trying to help other other folks feel better be better that's just super cool so i just i really appreciate you spending your time with us here today and, and sharing as much wisdom as you did i really do thank you randy it's always a pleasure i i you know of course you know i love you to death and and thank you for inviting me and having me on your podcast i appreciate yeah. it that's great. Well, folks, go out there and find Ron. He's It's a wealth of knowledge, right? So he's had so many different experiences, whether it's with business, sounds like, and we didn't quite dig into the, the some of the challenges that he's had, but at the same time, he did share some of those as well, right? The dyslexia is something that I can, uh, I totally get that 100%. I, I'm an audio learner myself, right? So I can pound through podcasts, I can pound through Audible. Uh, I, that's where I get my information. I, I do have books, but I don't, read real well, as I've mentioned. So I totally get that part of the story as well. So if any of this resonates with you, I highly recommend go out there, find Ron. Uh, the show notes will have the URLs and the and the emails that he uh, shared with us here. I don't have them written down or I would share them again. But anyways, we'll definitely have those in the show notes for you as well. So go out there, have a fantastic day. I appreciate you sharing your time with us all here on the podcast today. And until the next episode, everybody, bye now. 
Thank you for joining me on the Rich Mind Podcast. I hope you found a ton of value in this episode. If so, I'd really appreciate a five-star review. And you can also share it with your family and friends. And as my mentor, Jim Roden, shared with me, in order to have more, you must first become more. And in order to become more, you must work harder on yourself than you do on your job. So go out there today and work harder on yourself to become more and build the life of your dreams. Until next time, my friends. Thank you.